Today on the Pale Threshold, right and wrong are black and white, but discernment is in technicolor. Credibility in the digital age. First, I'd like to look at the components of speaking with authority. We have things like your public image, credentials. Without the right image, though, your credentials might be ignored. Image has to do with your age, your level of attractiveness. Sometimes being too pretty can actually work against your favor in this regard. How you're dressed. Is the way that you dress appropriate to the topic on which you claim to be an expert? In digital spaces, there are other criteria as well. Can you create a convincing graph in Microsoft Excel? How do you properly source your information from reliable sources? Do you have compelling infographics? And most importantly, are you up to date on your meme propaganda? Nepotism also can play a role in building or destroying your credibility. Are your parents known for something in particular? And if they are, does that go counter to what you're known for? There's also narcissism and credibility. So narcissists notoriously are able to manipulate people's perceptions of them. We're also looking at a topic that I'm kind of squeezing in here because it's related to these other issues, and I'll talk more about it in my next episode as well, which is collective surveillance and internet culture. We are exposing ourselves in the most intimate details of our lives through social media. No one gets a full and well-rounded estimation of our lived experience. Therefore, any opinions that are based purely on your social media presence are subject to fallacy. Not everyone is going to love you the minute they meet you. Many people only see how others can be useful to them and will seek out information, videos, music, or other things you post online to copy, rip off, or otherwise co-opt for their own gain. Others who dislike you will fall into cognitive biases reinforcing opinions of your character based on what you post. Worst, those who wish to actively harm you may gain sensitive information, allowing them to track your location and regular hangouts. Even positively skewed information, if false, only serves to create confusion and should also be avoided. So let's talk now about controlling one's image. This is where you go, what you do, how you dress, and it also has to do with your group of peers. These people define your context not just by the things they say about you, but the content of their own character. Who are you associating with and why? Controlling one's online presence has to do with curating an image. It's usually not a very accurate depiction of somebody's life overall. In it can change a lot across different social media platforms. Somebody might have a neo-Nazi troll account on Twitter X, but also have their normal super-liberal Tumblr account. And I also want to mention briefly here filming strangers for clout on TikTok. 
There are a lot of feelings of entitlement in regards to the agency and energy of the people around us. Only a few platforms foster genuine interaction and relationships between users, and those are the ones that are modeled more like 90s chat rooms and forums. Even so, people are able to misrepresent themselves on here. So that would be things like the Fediverse and Discord. Most social media sites foster the illusion of connection while only providing superficial human interaction. Instead of interacting with, like, other people in a genuine way, you're actually only interacting with the engagement algorithms of that platform and the advertising. This reinforces parts of mental stimulation having to do with social relationships, our reward centers, and it forms this parasocial bonding between people, which is not a genuine bond. Now we're going to talk about the psychology of OnlyFans, dick pics, and lack of communication perpetuated by image and video saturation. This leads to depersonalization. People don't communicate with others the way they would like to be communicated with in order to actually form a connection with that person. It's possible that they are actually considering the other person's feelings in the interaction, but we've transactionalized sexual encounters while not really talking about or providing people the framework within which to actually communicate with each other. A dick pic should not be the first text that you send to somebody. There should be a lot more communication going on first, probably involving them actually asking you to send that dick pic. How do you spread out polarizing thoughts into proper discernment? So in microbiology, there's something called the dichotomous key. This is a series of questions that are asked about a bacteria. It also involves a series of experiments involving said bacteria, things like citric acid metabolism, does it produce indole? All of these questions lead to a definitive answer of what type of bacteria are we looking at here? But it's not just one yes or no question. We need to be participating in this kind of winnowing down process in our own discernment, especially when it comes to these polarizing issues that are being promoted heavily online because they strike accord within other people and create an emotional response. And I'll talk more in future podcasts about using the emotional mind for discernment rather than the rational mind and why opinions are actually bad. Thank you so much for joining me today. I would love to know your thoughts. I have my email address available in the bio. If you would like to get in touch with me, it's palethreshold at gmail.com. And until next time, never fear the pale threshold. <laughs>